Section four of Once a Week by A. A. Milne. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter two Winter Sport Part two A Tailing Party. The procession prepared to start in the following order. One, a brace of sinister looking horses. Two, Gaspard, the last of the bandits, or why cause a lot of talk by pushing your rich uncle over the cliff when you can have him stabbed quietly for one franc fifty? If ever I were in any vendetta business, I should pick Gaspard first. Three, a sleigh full of lunch. Four, a few well-known ladies and gentlemen, being the cream of the Hôtel des Angéliques, on luges, namely reading from left to right, which is really the best method unless you're translating Hebrew, Simpson, Archie, Dahlia, Myra, me, Miss Cardew, and Thomas. While Gaspard was putting the finishing knots to the luges, I addressed a few remarks to Miss Cardew, fearing that she might be feeling a little lonely amongst us. I said that it was a lovely day, and did she think the snow would hold off till evening? Also, had she ever done this sort of thing before? I forget what her answers were. Thomas, meanwhile, was exchanging badinage on the hotel steps with Miss Aylwin. There must be something peculiar in the Swiss air, for in England Thomas is quite a respectable man, and a godfather. I suppose we have asked the right one, said Myra, doubtfully. His young affections are divided. There was a third girl in pink with whom he breakfasted a lot this morning. It is the old tradition of the sea, you know. A sailor, I mean, an admiralty civilian, has a wife at every wireless station. Take your seats, please, said Archie. The horses are sick of waiting. We sat down. Archie took Dahlia's feet on his lap, Myra took mine, Miss Cardew took Thomas's. Simpson, alone in front, nursed a guidebook. En avant, cried Simpson in his best French taunt in twelve lessons accent. Gaspard muttered an oath to his animals. They pulled bravely, the rope snapped, and they trotted gaily down the hill with Gaspard. We hurried after them with the luges. It's a good joke, said Archie, after this had happened three times, but personally I weary of it. Miss Cardew, I'm afraid we've brought you out under false pretenses. Thomas didn't explain the thing to you adequately. He gave you to understand that there was more in it than this. Gaspard, who seemed full of rope, produced a fourth piece, and tied a knot that made even Simpson envious. "'Now, Samuel,' I begged, "'do keep the line taut this time. Why do you suppose we put your apricot suit right in the front? Is it, do you suppose, for the sunset effects at eleven o'clock in the morning? Or is it that you may look after the rope properly?' "'I'm awfully sorry, Miss Cardew,' said Simpson, feeling that somebody ought to apologize for something, and knowing that Gaspard wouldn't. But I expect it will be all right now. We settled down again. 
Once more, Gaspard cursed his horses, and once more they started off bravely, and this time we went with them. The idea all along, I explained to Miss Cardew. I rather suspected it, she said. Apparently she had a suspicious mind. After the little descent at the start, we went uphill slowly for a couple of miles, and then more rapidly over the level. We had driven over the same road in a sleigh, coming from the station, and had been bitterly cold and extremely bored. Why our present position should be so much more enjoyable, I didn't quite see. "'It's the expectation of an accident,' said Archie. "'At any moment somebody may fall off. Good.' "'My dear old chap,' said Simpson, turning round to take part in the conversation, "'why anybody should fall off.' We went suddenly round a corner, and quietly, and without any fuss whatever, Simpson left his luge and rolled onto the track. Luckily, any possibility of a further accident was at once avoided. There was no panic at all. Archie kicked the body temporarily out of the way, after which Dahlia leant over and pushed it thoughtfully to the side of the road. Myra warded it off with a leg as she neared it. With both hands I helped it into the deep snow from which it had shown a tendency to emerge. Miss Cardew put a foot out at it for safety, and Thomas patted it gently on the head as the end of the tail went past. As soon as we had recovered our powers of speech, all except Miss Cardew, who was in hysterics, we called upon Gaspard to stop. It was not until we were at the bottom of the hill, nearly a mile from the place where Simpson left us, that the procession halted, "'I hope he is not hurt,' said Dahlia, wiping the tears from her eyes. "'He wouldn't spoil a good joke like that by getting hurt,' said Myra confidently. "'He's much too much of a sportsman.' "'Why did he do it?' said Thomas. "'He suddenly remembered he hadn't packed his safety razor. "'He's halfway back to the hotel by now.' Miss Cardew remained in hysterics. Ten minutes later, a brilliant sunset was observed approaching from the north. A little later, it was seen to be a large dish of apricots and cream. He draws near, said Archie. Now then, let's be stern with him. At twenty yards' range, Simpson began to talk. His trot had heated him slightly. I say, he said excitedly, you... Myra shook her head at him. "'Not done, Samuel,' she said reproachfully. "'Not what, Myra? What not? "'You oughtn't to leave us like that without telling us.' "'After all,' said Archie, "'we are all one party, and we are supposed to keep together. "'If you prefer to go about by yourself, that's all right. "'But if we go to the trouble of arranging something for the whole party... "'You might have caused a very nasty accident,' I pointed out. If you were in a hurry, you had only to say a word to Gaspard, and he would have stopped for you to alight. Now I begin to understand why you kept cutting the rope at the start. You have sent Miss Cardew into hysterics by your conduct, said Dahlia. Miss Cardew gave another peal. Simpson looked at her in dismay. I say, Miss Cardew, I'm most awfully sorry. I really didn't... 
I say, Dahlia, he went on confidentially, oughtn't we to do something about this? Rub her feet with snow, or... I mean, I know there's something you do when people have hysterics. It's rather serious if they go on. Don't you burn feathers under their nose? He began to feel in his pockets. I wonder if Gaspard's got a feather. With a great effort, Miss Cardew pulled herself together. It's all right, thank you, she said in a stifled voice. Then let's get on, said Archie. We resumed our seats once more. Archie took Dahlia's feet on his lap. Myra took mine. Miss Cardew took Thomas's. Simpson clung tightly to his luge with both hands. Right, cried Archie. Gaspard swore at his horses. They pulled bravely. The rope snapped, and they trotted gaily up the hill with Gaspard. We hurried after them with the luges. A Happy Ending For our last night, they might at least have had a dance, said Myra, even if there was no public presentation. As we had hoped, I admitted. What is Gymkhana, anyway? asked Thomas. A few little competitions, said Archie. One must cater for the chaperones sometimes. You are all entered for the hat-making and the feather-blowing, Dahlia thought it would amuse you. At Cambridge, I said reminiscently, I once blew the feather 119 feet 7 inches. Unfortunately, I stepped outside the circle. My official record is 2 feet. Did you ever trim a hat at Cambridge? asked Myra. Because you've got to do one for me tonight. I had not expected this. My view of the competition had been that I should have to provide the face, and that she would have to invent some suitable frame for it. I'm full of ideas, I lied. Nine o'clock found a small row of us, prepared to blow the feather. The presidential instructions were that we had to race our feather across a chalk line at the end of the room, anybody touching his feather, to be disqualified. "'In the air or on the floor?' asked Simpson earnestly. "'Just as you like,' said the President kindly, and came round with the bag. "'I selected Percy with care, a dear little feather about half an inch long, "'and of a delicate whitey-brown color. "'I should have known him again anywhere.' "'Go,' said the President.' I was rather excited, with the result that my first blow was much too powerful for Percy. He shot up to the ceiling, and, in spite of all I could do, seemed inclined to stay there. Anxiously, I waited below with my mouth open. He came down slowly at last, and in my eagerness I played my second just a shade too soon. It missed him. My third, when I was ready for it, went harmlessly over his head. A frantic fourth and fifth helped him downwards, and in another moment my beautiful Percy was on the floor. I dropped on my knees and played my sixth vigorously. He swirled to the left. I was after him like a shot, and crashed into Thomas. We rolled over in a heap. Sorry, we apologized as we got back to our hands and knees. 
Thomas went on blowing. "'Where's my feather?' I said. Thomas was now two yards ahead, blowing like anything. A terrible suspicion darted through my mind. "'Thomas,' I said, "'you've got my feather.' He made no answer. I scrambled after him. "'That's Percy,' I said. "'I should know him anywhere. "'You're blowing Percy. "'It's very bad form to blow another man's feather. "'If it got about, you would be cut by the county. "'Give me back my feather, Thomas.' "'How do you know it's your feather?' he said truculently. "'Feathers are just alike.' "'How do I know?' I asked in amazement. "'A feather that I've brought up from the egg? "'Of course I know Percy.' I leant down to him. "'Percy,' I whispered. He darted forward a good six inches. "'You see,' I said, "'he knows his name.' "'As a matter of fact,' said Thomas, "'his name's P-Paul. "'Look, I'll show you.' "'You needn't bother, Thomas,' I said hastily. "'This is mere trifling. "'I know that's my feather. "'I remember his profile distinctly. "'Then where's mine?' "'How do I know? "'You may have swallowed it.' "'Go away and leave Percy and me to ourselves. "'You're only spoiling the knees of your trousers by staying here.' "'Paul and I,' began Thomas. "'He was interrupted by a burst of applause. "'Dahlia had cajoled her feather over the line first. "'Thomas rose and brushed himself. "'You can have him,' he said. "'There,' I said, as I picked Percy up "'and placed him reverently in my waistcoat pocket.' "'That shows that he was mine. "'If he had been your own little Paul, "'you would have loved him even in defeat. "'Oh, musical chairs now? "'Right toe. "'And at the President's touch "'I retired from the arena. "'We had not entered for musical chairs. "'Personally, I should have liked to, "'but it was felt that at musical chairs Simpson is, "'I am afraid there is only one word for it, it is a word I hesitate to use, but the truth must prevail. Simpson is rough. He lets himself go. He plays all he knows. Whenever I take Simpson out anywhere, I always whisper to my hostess, not musical chairs. The last event of the evening was the hat-making competition. Each man of us was provided with five large sheets of colored crinkly paper, a packet of pins, a pair of scissors, and a lady opposite to him. "'Have you any plans at all?' asked Myra. "'Heaps. Tell me, what sort of hat would you like? Something for the park?' I doubled up a piece of blue paper and looked at it. "'You know, if this is a success, Myra, I shall often make your hats for you.' Five minutes later, I had what I believe is called a foundation.' Anyhow, it was something for Myra to put her head into. "'Our very latest model,' said Myra. "'Only fifteen guineas, or three and ninepence, if you buy it at our other establishment in Battersea.' "'Now, then, I can get going,' I said, and I began to cut out a white feather. "'Yes, your ladyship, this is from the genuine bird on our own ostrich farm in the Fulham Road, plucked while the ingenuous biped had its head in the sand. I shall put that round the brim, and I pinned it round. "'What about a few roses?' said Myra, fingering the red paper. "'The roses are going there on the right. I pinned them on. 
and a hummingbird and some violets next to them. I say, I've got a lot of paper over. What about a nice piece of cabbage there, and a bunch of asparagus, and some tomatoes, and a seagull's wing on the left? The back still looks rather bare. Let's have some poppies. There's only three minutes more, said Myra, and you haven't used all the paper yet. I've got about one William Allen Richardson and a couple of canaries over, I said, after examining my stock. Let's put it inside as lining. There, Myra dear, I'm proud of you. I always say that in a nice quiet hat nobody looks prettier than you. Time, said the President. Anxious matrons prowled round us. We don't know any of the judges, I whispered. This isn't fair. The matrons conferred with the president. He cleared his throat. The first prize, he said, goes to... But I had swooned. Well, said Archie, the rabbits returned to England with two cups won on the snowfield of Switzerland. Nobody need know, said Myra, which winter sport they were won at. Unless I have skiing, first prize, engraved on mine, I said, as I had rather intended. Then I shall have figure skating on mine, said Dahlia. Two cups, reflected Archie, and Thomas engaged to three charming girls. I think it has been worth it, you know. End of section four.